All right, golf nerds, here we go again. It's uh, Swing Thoughts. As we uh, convene, Tim O'Connor, Howard Glassman, Swing Thoughts reporting for duty. As we convene once again as the uh, summer continues, and, uh, you know, Tim O'Connor's here. Hey, Tim. Good morning. It is morning. Yes. Good to be with you. Good to be with and you, it's a sir. Lovely day. Oh my gosh! It's not suffering. It's not going to be crazy hot today for once. Uh, it was apocalyptic uh, here in the uh, southern Ontario uh, region uh, yesterday. The uh, heat finally broke for a bit, and uh, it just came down. And, and it was. I, I was a little bit uh, nervous driving home from the golf course yesterday afternoon, evening, because it was like, "What is happening?" And people were slowing down on the freeway, and I'm like, "Come on, folks! It's just rain." Let's not get too. Oh, but it away. was, it was like, can't see ten feet ahead of you. Rain. Oh, I, yeah. I was, I was being prudent in my, my driving. I don't know about you. Oh yeah. Can't no, I was, uh, I was, I was taking my time. Um, Kim O'Connor, of course, the uh, mental performance coach, uh, Glen Abbey Academy, and uh, always available at uh, O'Connor Golf. Uh, the Humble and Fred Show available online. One of Canada's most downloaded podcasts. About someone asked me. What do you guys talk about? I go, I don't really know. I said, uh, well, the show starts, and uh, Fred and I laugh for a couple hours, and then it's over, and I go golfing. Well, I thought you, you've always called it, hey, Tim, uh, talk to you after I do the nonsense Oh, that, show. that's and right. I thought yeah. that's the perfect encapsulation right there. It is the nonsense show, but it just is, it, it's a, basically a placeholder while I... You know, it's it's a couple hours a day between when I'm not... Games? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, between, <laughs> no, not golf games, between thinking about golf. <laughs> exactly. Um, which uh, we're, we're pleased to be here, of course, brought to you by TaylorMade. Tim just got his uh, 790s, and I, I've had mine for uh, a couple months now, and I would tell you, everywhere I go, you know, people are looking in the, in the bag going, oh, those are new 790s. They go, yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, if you like perfection. <laughs> if you like something that looks super sweet. And this just in, Mr. O'Connor, uh, TaylorMade, I was reading this morning on my uh, Flipboard, which is my little news aggregator, that TaylorMade has just released a version of the 790s in that black kind of, I don't even know what that finish is called, but it's that, uh, I don't even, but you know, they're, they're sort of a black finish, a matte sort of covering. Is that what, is that what they call gunmetal? Yes, yeah, something like that. Gunmetal. So I didn't, and I didn't want to ask the TaylorMade guys, Cam and the boys. I didn't want to ask them for a new set of clubs. So I'm just going to take a black magic marker to mine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the guys in Metallica would play those rather for than sure. just the silver ones? Dude, you got to check them out online after the show because they just look so cool. Anyway, the 790s are out. Of course, the M3, the M4 drivers, and uh, it really will add that twist face technology will add something to your game. And I would tell, for the better players, you know, you get a jump. The ball jumps off the face, but where you really notice it is where it, when you know you've mishit it, like you go, ooh, I think I just towed that, and it, yeah. it doesn't do anything. It just kind of, the curve is gone almost. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I even, uh, even just with my M1, you know, that, the old technology, <laughs> I, I played last Sunday at a couple of oh, I didn't really put a good swing up. Bam! So now I'm really looking forward to this. I have the M3 that I'm putting in, into uh, action starting today. And, um, it, you know, just from the, being on the sim at 
at TaylorMade. It was like, you put this in the bag an instant 10 yards. Yep. I mean, holy cow. Um, also, of course, brought to you by Adidas Golf Canada, the new Tour 360 2.0. You know, I got a couple of new uh, pairs of golf shoes this year, the most comfortable I've ever owned, and the ultimate 365 polo visit, adidasgolf.ca, adidasgolf.ca for all your uh, soft good needs. And I would say, listen, you know, I don't have the, I'm not saying I have horrible taste in clothing, but everything I ordered from Adidas makes me, I just, my, my girl helped me pick it out. It looks so good that if you've seen Dustin Johnson or... You know, some of the guys that are wearing the Adidas stuff, um, it really is cool-looking uh, golf clothing. And uh, as each year goes by, they make it look better and better. AdidasGolf.ca. Yeah, and I love how, Howard, with your uh, great physique, it really showcases the tight, <laughs> the, the tight abs that you have <laughs> yes. and that hockey butt that you have, you know, from doing all those squats and rack pulls you know I, I appreciate all that, you all that uh, time you spend in the gym you know i appreciate you noticing the hard work i've done on my my butt tim i really do i don't know what it's happened to my butt. butt i think somewhere in the 90s my butt retired really uh my butt <laughs> retired <laughs> it did my dad my dad had no butt i don't think my brothers have one it's like uh somewhere in the mid 40s my mid 40s my butt went well that's enough i've done enough now you, you can just sit on whatever <laughs> It reminds me of, of like there used to be this card animated cartoon. It kind of had this religious setting, but it's called Veggie Tales. And in this one, say I think Billy the Cucumber wonders where his hairbrush is. And I think that's what happened to you. One day, you just kind of put your pants on and looked in the mirror and went, "Hey, what happened to my butt?" I see. You know? It moved to Arizona or something. In my uh, in my uh, with- in my little comedy act, I say, "Yeah, I looked over there. The butt was gone." I said, "I just have a back with a hole in it." Anyway, um, let's begin another. <clears throat> where are we at? So uh, last time we talked, uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I uh, can't remember. Oh yeah, that was the mid am missed the cut by a couple. Played pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, tournament golf. You know, I, I Tim and I were talking before we hit record today. Swing thought people, and we said, "What are we going to talk about?" I said, "Well, you know, we should talk about how." Uh, let's start with this premise that. Uh, to remind one another that golf is a hard game. And, uh, you know, we're often too hard on ourselves because we expect perfection. But I, I read something interesting last night, and I thought, oh, I can't wait to run this by Timmy, that a lot of golfers play the game trying to hit the the bullseye when really all you need to do is hit the target. And the, and the p- premise being that the bullseye is that we, we're drawn to perfection. Oh, we must hit this perfectly. When really all you got to do is hit the target, you know, like, and I thought, what's, what an interesting concept. And I know it's, it's in its simplest form is you only have to hit the green. You don't need to put the ball in the hole from 130 yards. But I think a lot of the, a lot of what draws this, you know, anguish about the game is we're all trying to hit the bullseye all the time when that's really not necessary. You just need to hit somewhere in the vicinity. What do you think of that, sir? Oh, yeah, I like it a lot. Well, it goes back to that Scott Fawcett workshop we went to. And that was his key message. Hey, folks, stop trying to hit perfect shots. Stop firing at front pins. Just, you know, in essence, get it to the middle of the green. Leave yourself with uh, more but longer, you know, longer but more birdie putts. Um, And then every once in a while, one's going to fall in. 
I just felt it just takes a lot of pressure off the game when you're not trying to be perfect. Well, for sure, and and that applies. Make good decisions, get it out there, and you know. And that applies to every aspect of it. You know, like, you know, one of the things, and again, I'm not sure if I got this from Fawcett or I read it recently as well, but you know, all of us have a number when we go to a par three. It's 158, and we think, okay, it's a little bit downwind. Well, I hit an eight iron or a seven iron because that's our 158 club. But off right. the but off the tee, we often just try and wail away at it. As hard as we can, we don't have, we think our driver is unlimited, but I know, sure. you know, you know, why most, most of our better players listening would know kind of what they carry, what their driver carry distance is. And yet even then I'll be find myself seeing if I can get another 15 or 20 out of it for no reason. Yeah. And, and yeah. And when you try to get a little bit more, you just bring more of the golf course into play as opposed to just keeping it more in front of you. Exactly. You know, they, they keep so many golfers, uh, including me sometimes it's like, you know, it's like trying to hit a hundred percent. Like that's ridiculous. Just can't, there's just no way your sequence is going to be any good. You're when you're trying that hard, uh, it just leads to muscle tension and all that good stuff. And, and actually that's bad stuff. Um, it's more you just can't even connect your swing really when you're just when you're really trying to hammer it out there it's it's funny i remember reading uh, jack nicholas saying that when he wanted to hit it farther he would just widen his stance a bit and just soften his hands and arms and speed just came well it's almost just just from the intention of trying to hit it far but not in effect trying to hit it so hard. But back to what I was going to get to is, you know, we, we have a number in our mind for all our clubs except driver. And I, in the article, and I'm, I'm this isn't a new concept to most listeners, but just to remind you that you, you hit your driver a certain amount of yards and you should sort of pick a spot out there almost like it was a par three and go, okay, I'm mm. going to, I'm going to try and hit it out into that area and, and give it a, um, give it some kind of focus the same way you would if it was a long par three you'd think oh this is where my target is whereas a lot of us i think a lot of higher handicap players in particular just don't have an idea they're just trying to hit it out there somewhere uh as hard as they can you know one of the things i uh i think most amateurs would be surprised about with better players and tour players especially is how soft their grip is how soft because what, oh, yeah. what, what what better players and pros do is that it's that, and again, a little mechanical thing, but it's the sort of, you know, what, it's what Sergio does better than most people is that down cock motion. But all of us have that in our golf swings, and you get more of it the lighter your grip is. But this is all under the umbrella that golf is a difficult game. And uh, from time to time, I think, you know, I know I need to remind myself, and I think it's a good reminder for our nerds to go, you know, like, you know, it's now July, you're sort of in the swing of the season, and you are, you know, the winter rust is off for sure, and I've played a lot of tournament golf already, and, you know, you from time to time, you have to go, oh, yeah, this, is, this isn't the easiest thing to do, and even good players hit bad shots. Yeah, well, I don't think, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of your, our listeners are going like, yeah, dude, you don't have to remind me it's freaking hard. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm struggling. But it's interesting is that 
Um, I think that what makes the game difficult so much is around, say, our our expectations, our hopes. You know, we, you know, you find something on the range and think, okay, I got it. You know, I, I I've got it, and so tomorrow is the day I'm going to uh, perhaps you know. Um, break 90, I'm going to qualify for this, you know, whatever, I'm going to beat somebody. And then by hole three, that thing is gone. Like, what the heck happened? And and yet another day where you go, there goes the day, done. Um, to me, that's so much of what the hard part is for the, for the game is just how this emotional roller coaster of hopes and dreams and thinking, oh, got it, don't got it, and that piece i don't know how is is that kind of what you're talking about well I, I yeah i know most people at a you know conscious level know it's difficult but i mean i think we sometimes forget that you know like i think whatever you whatever your number in your you know whatever your view of yourself as a golfer i'm a you know i'm a one handicap or i'm a 21 handicap we think that we should play to that level and that right. uh, that a certain that's a certain there's a certain expectation surrounding that, but you know in the course of right. a round in the course of a season you sort of have days where as you just said you know sometimes you know you're you're going along and by the third hole something happens your body doesn't feel the same and all of a sudden you start hitting it a little bit weird, um, and in a second or two when we get to the some other, some of the other uh, topics uh, for the discussion. Um, there's an interesting article I want to share with you and everyone about, you know, what, 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 is, what is really the essence of the game? And the essence of the game is to score, not swing. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've been talking about this now for 65 or 70 podcasts, but the essence is to score no matter what. Then I'll give you an example. Now, I had a qualifier the other day, and I, you know, I called you after, and I, I, ended, up, I ended up qualifying as an alternate. But I, you know, I had kind of a chaotic finish to a very... My friend who, who was caddying for me said, that was a really elegant round of golf. And I thought, that's an interesting way to describe it. It was an elegant round mm -hmm. of golf except for one hole where, you know, chaos ensued, as, as it often does in golf. But for most of the round, I wasn't playing golf swing. I was playing the golf course. And I'll tell you what I did. On a par five that was 541 yards, I decided with my caddy that I was not going to be able to hit this green in two. I didn't know the golf course very well, so I thought, okay. What can I do to make this easier on myself? So I hit three iron off the tee, and it was a hot day, and I just, as the kids say, I just roasted it. I hit it 240 yards. But the point is, it was so stress-free because, and the guys I'm playing with, of course, par five, pick out a driver. So I hit three iron, then I hit six iron, then I hit pitching wedge. And it couldn't have been nice. less stressful but if I'd have hit that driver, which I, you know, honestly, my, my buddy was counting for me. He, he sort of suggested, he said, listen, you can't hit this in two. And there's, you know, it's pretty uphill to the green. So he said, what are we bothering for? And I said, you're right. Why, why do I? I could have hit five iron for a hybrid, you know what I mean? Anything. But yeah. the, the, stress, oh, yeah. the stress level over, this, over the shot, I could feel myself relaxing. And so, as you say, you know, when you're relaxed, you make a more relaxed swing. And that's how I played the whole golf course. I only hit driver on about maybe three, maybe four holes because I just, I only, I didn't care about, you know, how I looked. I just cared about what my score was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. That's it. If you play the game to score, you know, there's, some people play for different reasons. It's kind of like Carl Morris said, do you play 
exhibition golf or scoring golf. So, so if you get up there and what you want to do is hit the ball farther than your buddies, that's kind of like what he calls exhibition golf. But if you want to score, it, it's talking about what you're what you're talking about. It's making good decisions. But it's really interesting how you noted that when you went to that three iron, you felt so relaxed, and, and it makes the game this hard game easier yes. <laughs> when you make really good decisions. And that's, that's really, that's really the essence of it, right? So much of it is right there is, is how do we manage ourselves around the course so we can get the best out of ourselves? Like what is the optimum sort of state that we could be in? And, uh, that was a, that's a great piece right there. Well, you know, my, my, I mentioned this story once before my older brother's a big, strong guy and he can hit the ball, you know, quite a long way, but he's not, you know, he's not very accurate. He's a 15 handicap. And I said to him once, he's, you know, he only shoots in the low eighties. Occasionally I said, if I caddied for you, I could lower your score. And you know, we've had this premise before because I, my point is I said to him, I'd never give you a club that you couldn't hit, you know, like they're either all, they're always trying to hit. The longer shot, you know, and I played that course the other day. Again, I played a really nice round of golf, but for one hole. And, um, you know, when there was a tucked pin, you know, 145-yard shot, rather than go for the pin, I was just like, okay, I don't need to hit this close. I just need to hit it on the green. So all of a sudden now my aim point, my decade golf kind of, you know, vibe is I, I saw the pin and I was I was looking 15 or 20 30 feet right of it. So all of a sudden, again, my stress level goes down because I'm not trying to, you know, uh, put it in there close. I'm just trying to hit it out to this point. And if I missed it, which I did, I just missed it to the right of the green. It was an easy chip, got up and down, went to the next hole because I wasn't trying to show these guys how close I could hit it. I just wanted to make an easy par and move on. Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing that a lot of, uh, as you start to get better at this game, it's that course management part. That, that players start to learn. And, you know, it's like, what's the smart shot? You know, uh, chipping out versus trying to hit the, mer- the the miracle shot out of the woods, you know, that that's a hard lesson. But also, as you start to – players get more and more sophisticated in the game, they start to learn that the further they hit it out, out there, there was more dispersion. And so the more that you can kind of bring the clubs, you know, down from from driver to three with the hybrid to long iron, you, you – you take a lot of that golf course out of play. Mm-hmm. And as again, going back to Scott Fawcett, you know, when you're in the rough, I think that the, he's in his analysis of PJ tour players, that's 0.25, yep. uh, you know, strokes on average yeah. from the rough. Yeah. It adds a quarter of a shot to the hole, no matter. And that's the exactly. best players so in the you, world. Absolutely. So when you keep it in play, you know, so what's the difference, really? You know, for you know, even for really good amateurs, that you've got say a seven iron in your hand versus say a nine or a wedge. I wouldn't say it's a huge difference, um, but you just give yourself so much of a better advantage when you're in the fairway on the right, on the correct side of the fairway, um, as opposed to you know, once again, you know, trying to chop it out of uh, of the rough and you're blocked out by a tree or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I did something the other day. I, I, I got back from a, a holiday in, in France with my daughter about, I guess it was five days ago now, but I played a tournament two days after I got back, not even fully two days. So I was a little jet lagged. I, yeah, I saw you. Yeah, you, I saw you. You, stood, you. you look like, oh. <laughs> I was so tired that day. Yet. His body's here, but his, his, 
his his brain is still en route. So it was a twenty seven hole tournament on one of the hottest days of the year. I, when I saw you, at the point I saw you, I wasn't sure whether I was going to throw up or pass out. <laughs> So tired, um, but but that day it was a funny day. I played really really well. I didn't score very well, but I uh, I because I couldn't stop three putting. But it, but in a nine one of the nine holes of those twenty seven holes, I hit all nine greens in in regulation, like nine in a row, including hitting the wrong ball, which I've never oh, do- yeah. <laughs> never oh, done. Yeah. So, Jack, so anyway, swing thoughts, I, kids, I, I long par four, and it was a little cool little five iron draw into this green from a long way away, and I was really excited that I hit it, hit it to about 15 feet. Then the guy that I was playing with goes, uh, I think that was my box. We both had lines on it, and I just got up there, and I just saw a line. and went, oh, I'll hit. And actually, I said to him, hey, because he was a little bit behind me, my original, my ball, but I didn't realize it. I go, is it okay if I go? He goes, yeah, go ahead. So I go ahead and hit, and I was all excited. I hit a pretty good shot. And then he goes, oh, that's that's the wrong ball. Now I had to go back and hit my ball, <laughs> which I did not hit as well. But in, but oh, it was yeah. just but it was just funny. But I, I in 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 all the chaos of it, I hit nine greens in a row, and and not really not you know I was I was hitting it pretty good. But it was just all good management because I knew I was tired, so I wasn't going after any pins. I was just going after the sort of middles of greens and I just happened to hit the middle of nine greens and with the triple bogey I made for making the wrong ball I still shot like a couple over some because I made some nice birdies but the point yeah. is you know that's why I said it. it's a tough game and and I'm the hardest person on himself that I know when it comes to a lot of things in my life including golf obviously but this week I've decided oh, that yeah. this week I decided you know I was tired. There's, there's always, there's, I have to give, you, you have to allow for, to be realistic. You know, yesterday I played, because I, I had three days in a row of tournament golf, including yesterday we had a match. You know, like club golf, you have to get these matches in. Well, and we had to get it in yesterday, and it was a really good match. My partner and I both shot one under par and beat two younger guys, four and three in a match. And everyone in the group, everyone, no one had a handicap over two. But it was a really good match. But by I was, but I didn't. My my expectations weren't different. But my body felt better. So, you know, cool. I was a, I was a little clearer. I was a little bit more energetic. I had a bit more energy in my in my. So, my point is, on those days when you're not feeling good, you have to kind of take that into consideration. And and maybe, well, maybe I'm just telling this to myself. But I think other people relate to it. Where you can't be so hard on yourself because it's a hard game. It's not an easy game, and sometimes bounces go the other way, and sometimes they go your way. But in all, you know, you have to kind of remember that we're just human, and you know, we're going to make some mistakes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I've experienced that with my son Sean, who uh, who's uh, twenty two, uh, big, strong kid, a real gym rat, and a, a former hockey player. But so he took up the game seriously last year. And so this year he says, hey, Dad, do you coach me? And so we've been working out diligently on Monday nights at Blue Springs. And he goes out with his buds. And, and you know, invariably he comes back. I was terrible. I hit the ball right and all this. And I just keep trying and just reminding him, hey, buddy, you picked the hardest game. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the hardest game. And it's just a reminder that, that this is a hard game. So – I'm just trying to help him understand that you got to give yourself some slack when you're when you're learning and trying to change your motion and and build a better one. 
because you're conscious of what you're doing, you're going to naturally get in your own way, uh, you know, when you're playing the game. But if you can come somehow disassociate yourself and your your level of competency and how, you know, how good an athlete you are from your golf scores while you're trying to learn, then you give yourself some some wiggle room to at least to have more peace of mind. And, and anyways, the last thing I'm going to say on that was it's interesting um, I heard someone say that baseball, you know, way harder, uh, you know, trying to hit a, a round ball with a round bat, you know, something coming at you 95 miles an hour. But, you know, I, th- I think golf like overall, you know, is harder because you have to, you have to drive, hit irons, bunkers, chips, pitches, putts. Oh, it just overall, I just think it's a, it's a harder game. No, I, I've heard that baseball thing before. I want to get back to Sean in a second, but I, I have a question about teaching your kid, but I've heard that baseball thing before. I get it. Like, I think hitting a, a ball coming at you from a, a major league pitcher is probably harder than the motion of hitting a golf ball because it's static. But playing the game in a, in a changing environment, the fact that, you know, all the lies are different, the, the the way you feel every day is different, the golf course is different, That's what that's what makes our game, you know, as tough as it is because it's never static. My question about teaching Sean, who I've met, he's a you know fine kid, and as you say, very athletic. Is it difficult as a dad, because you know so much, you especially know so much about golf, to not give it like a, a giant sort of brain dump of 50 years of golf knowledge? You have to kind of met it out slowly? <laughs> um, it's not as hard as, I, as you think. Um because I've really changed my coaching style in the last few, largely, you know, from from the style of uh, rather than being a teacher, uh, that was the way I always viewed the world. And the way I tried to learn the game was I'm going to download all the information from the experts and, and apply it to me, you know, from books, from videos, etc. And then I just made this U-turn in my approach where I understood that that model, to me, it doesn't work that well it's more of a coaching model so what i'm trying to do with sean i'm trying to draw out his experience like he'll hit a shot i said what did you feel there you know rather than hey bud you 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 took it inside and came over the top Mm -hmm. and installed your body that's that's how i work work from from time to time i'll find myself going okay hmm." like the whole concept of of uh, the shaft leaning towards the the target Mm -hmm. that's such a key piece for people to learn in terms of that you know downward strike on the ball you know the shaft is leaning forward um i just find that that works so every once in a while i'll dole out a piece like that um but overall um no i've I found it not that hard to be frank well i mean you've got to why would i not be frank uh, <laughs> there's uh you gotta be there's some basics sort of fundamentals that are key but after that, I think it's a lot of it is just sort of self-exploration. And you're right. You know, there's there's the, you know, we know mechanically what's happening, <clears throat> excuse me, at impact to make the ball go up. I, I ask you this because I've been uh, the last month or so taking my uh, new girl out to hit golf balls and she's very athletic. And I got to tell you, after four or five times on a range, She's able to get the ball into the air. And all I've and I really haven't told her much. I sort of gave her I barely even showed her how to hold it. I just gave her some basics. She's like I said, she's very strong and athletic. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um 
I got her to kind of my the way I got her to feel that shaft leaning is I said all you have to do is is I want you to think of only a couple things, which is your body's going left to going toward the target and the club is going down. After that, have fun. And she caught on very quickly. She caught on quickly that she needed to move her body towards this way as opposed to away. I said the cardinal saying is you can't go backwards. Anything else you do is fine with me. You just can't go away from the ball. And very quickly she got the hitting down part and the other day, we were uh, just hitting golf balls at Glen Abbey, and I went away from her. I was over in that little short game area. I went away from her for about 20 minutes, and I just watched, and she was just rifling balls. Because, you know, if you get somebody like Sean or, or my friend Rachel who are competitive, they will find a way. Like, an athlete will find that if you've got some hand-eye coordination and a little bit of instruction, you'll find it. You'll start to catch on, especially if you played some hockey or you played some racket sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that connects with what uh, I had a, a session with a client earlier this week, and and he's really changed his his approach to golf. Uh, you know, he's he at you know, one time he was a pretty low handicapper, very very busy business guy, travels around North America, uh, so it was as much time to practice and so he's been a bit dissatisfied with his game but what what he notices his game is starting to turn and what he's finding is that rather than trying to apply say some concept uh, of like arriving to the range going like okay now uh today i'm going to work on extension or turning my left hip or something what his approach now is that when he goes to the range you know he takes care of things like his fundamentals he's always got an alignment rod down you know, for that, he's checking ball position, you know, posture, you know, those fundamentals that you talked about. But what the difference for him now is he says he's starting to explore. He's just getting the feeling of like, how is this different? What am I feeling here? What am I sensing here? And it's also it's not only more enjoyable uh, exploring, feeling it is that, it, but his game is improving because it's just says he can feel when things are right and when it goes off or whatever. And I think that's part of what you're talking about there is an athlete gets into his or her body and they can sense things and they're using their sensory uh, uh, perception and things rather than the thinking mind, which the thinking mind doesn't hit the golf ball. The body hits the golf ball. Well, that was the, I think it was last time we were talking about, excuse me, the, uh, the Hogan piece. Hold on a second. The uh, Hogan thing where he said once he set up over a ball, he thought, well, you know, I'm, there's not, I've, I've, I've taken care of most things. I'm, I'm probably aimed well enough and, and everything else. And that's that whole trusted part, you know, where the trusted, you know, the see it, feel it, trusted. But the trusted part is once you're over it, you can no longer, your brain can no longer process how to do it anymore. You just have to trust that you know how to do it. And I find lately... And let your body do this thing, yeah. Right. And I find lately that's really... I mean, I've had... I'm, I'm hitting the ball recently as well as I ever have with the fewest amount of mechanical thoughts I've ever had. I've just decided that at I've been doing this... years old. At, exactly. It took me 47 years to accept that I know how to do this and that I don't have to think about how to do it every time I do it. Because I'll tell you, it's, an, it's, it's given me some freedom... And it's given me a little bit of, uh, made me a little bit more relaxed when I'm playing because I go, I know how to do this. I don't have to remind myself 
every single time to take it here and turn my hip. It's it's exhausting. Exactly, and it's you're just getting in your own way. Just it's an, uh, I know that you know <laughs> again the things that people hear on swing thoughts over and over again is that the the classic conundrum for most golfers is they just they get in their own way. They they try to cause what should be allowed and just and just get up and hit it. You know, once you're there, you just just turn things over to your body. I don't care whether you're a thirty handicapper or a plus. If you just allow things to happen instead of the way, it'll get it done. Maybe not perfect, but certainly better than when you are gumming up the works by consciously trying to move your body That's right. you know, with your thoughts. It just doesn't work. And, and I recall like one of my favorite uh, podcasts that we did was with Gabriel Wolf and Rebecca Luthwaite, I think was, uh, was her name. These women are world leaders in skill development, particularly in sports. Uh, and, and Gabriel Wolf is known around the world for her um, thesis that if you are engaged with an external uh, external target, uh, you are just so much better at executing in all kinds of different things. And, you know, she's done like hundreds of studies and all this written like very acclaimed book and then when we asked her so gabriel when you're about to hit a golf ball what are you thinking she goes just hit the ball (laughs) that's right (laughs) just hit it i love that but but that's what we're saying you know you can't think the 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 the, i know we we've said we're trying to find new ways to say the same thing you can't hit it while thinking about how to hit it you just go high stand you just can't and that's what that's what all these people are saying is, you know, see it, feel it, trust it. I've heard that a thousand times, but until recently, I just didn't quite get the trusted part. And the trusted part is, I've been doing this since I was 11 years old. You think, I, I've got to give myself credit that if I want to hit a soft draw off that bunker, chances are somewhere in there, once I've given it the, you know, this is what I want to do, then over the ball, I can't, I don't need to think about Oh, how do I do that again? Because I've done it 50,000 times. My brain knows that. And the only times, well, I don't know, I'll just speak for myself. The times I hit my worst shots, if I'm being honest, it's because, well, obviously a little bit of fear. But the fear is, am I, do I know how to do this? Am I good enough? Have I put in enough time? And do I have the right mechanics? And what you just said there is really uh, important because we're trying to do it perfectly. And you know me better than anyone listening. That's been my biggest problem, trying to hit the bullseye, not the target. Because when I go and hit the target, I played yesterday and I hit 14 greens. I don't have to, th- you know, I didn't, and I, they weren't all perfect, but that's, I, that's my game. I hit a lot of greens. A lot of greens in regulation. When I'm playing well, it's because I'm just kind of, you know, hitting it out there somewhere with the experience of doing this for 47 years. When I hit it poorly, I'm working on some magical piece of thing I read in golf world, hoping it will turn me into a plus three magically. It ain't going to happen, Howard. You know, I got what I've got. Yeah, and... It, it is a conundrum for sure because um, you know, whether it's 
you you become aware of something that you think, oh, this is going to take me to the next level. Exactly. Or, or solve the cure, mystery of golf. Yeah. And this is going to, or this is going to cure my shanks or mishits or something like that. And so that is a conundrum in, of this game. Is is what you know what you talked about is so the so what we're here saying. If you want to encapsulate part of what we're saying here is that you know see it, feel it, trust it. Well, you know someone hits um let's say hit their driver like five slices in a row it's pretty hard to trust it when you're standing over it and, and, and so i'm sure a lot of our listeners are going well it's easy for them to say whatever so what i always go to is that is is you know how do you write the ship you know in the middle of a round or you're frustrated on the range or something like that and to me it always comes back to connect Connect. Don't make this a mental game. Make it a physical game. That that's the that is the problem with this game. People are trying to hit the ball with their mind by saying, "Okay, I'm going to turn my left hip now." Your body doesn't speak English or like it speaks awareness. And, I, and that I'm ripping that straight out of the the, the Fred Shoemaker uh, Bible. But so so what I'm saying here, good folks, is that. If you can just get the sense of, okay, I'm hanging on to this golf club. I feel it in my hands. I feel the shaft. I feel the, the the club head, whatever. When you can start connecting to that more, your sense of, of what goes on just accentuates. And your ability to, to self-correct and self-coach and feel what's going on it, it is there. But if you're trying to think your way through it, you're in fact disembodied. For sure. And – you you cannot. It's so much harder. So that's just what I got for our good swing. Well, players. I would tell you, it's it's not just, this game physical. It's not it's not just Feel harder. It. It's impossible. Um, we we have these three areas of our brain, but the the thinking, the kind of calculating part can't work with the feeling part, and the right. feeling part. So in that uh, you know, since we're I, I brought it up, so the see it part is the part where you're deciding okay it's a uh, this shot it's this club it's this wind it's all those things we take in that's the see it part the feel it part is what swing do i need and faldo i was watching him talk the other day and he had a great point he said when i watch amateurs make a practice swing it's not really a practice swing for their shot it's a practice swing of trying to remember how to swing a club now, i'm i'm paraphrasing exactly. i'm paraphrasing that but that's basically what he was saying he's saying professionals oh yeah are making a practice swing for the, the shot they're about to hit, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then the feel it part is, and, and our friend, uh, I got, and we got to get him on the show, Nick Turquillo, the uh, coach from Humber. Cause he's, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, cause he's, all, he's a good blend of a, a guy who's got great mechanical understanding, but he's got a really good competitive um, um, understanding as well. And when, you know, he and I were on the range the other day, and he said, when you walk into the shot, the feel it part, you can no longer use words. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, there's, you know, we've talked about this on the show, the uh, think box, play box. So in the right. think box, the think box is the see it part, you know, the, the calculation. And maybe even the feel it part where you're practicing the swing. He says, when you leave this to go to the ball, you have, whereas most of us are still thinking, okay, you know, left hip or, you know, whatever, take it in, whatever, whatever mechanical thought. Most of us are still thinking some of that, words. And he said, what you want to do then is just feel the shot. You're looking at it. You're getting yourself set. You're no longer, he said, I don't want you starting. He said, you've got to stop talking to yourself. And I, and I got to tell you, right. it was one of the simplest, 
but most interesting things to chew on because most of us are still chattering over the ball. He says, you got to stop that because at that point, all you can do is just trust and hit it. Right. Absolutely. That's that, that's great stuff. I love that. And uh, I, I was actually in my, my last game, I was that's what I was doing when I would sort of cross that line. If you want to call it the think box play box. When I crossed that imaginary line, I just felt like I was I was in my body. I was just connected to club. I could feel the club just really in my body. But the, the really interesting thing about the thinking part of the game is that. So, so what's one of almost like the cliches that people hear about golf and other things is like be in the moment, be in the present moment. So if I'm standing over a shot and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to make sure I turn my left hip, you know, I'm in the future. My brain is connected to a future moment. I'm thinking about this thing, this fantasy that's going to happen <laughs> in the next, you know, half a, a, a two seconds or so I'm actually in the future if I'm thinking about something like that as opposed to being in my body just feeling it maybe I got and it's different for everyone maybe it's the feel of this like the the weight of the club head at the end of the shaft maybe it's just the the feel of the grip in your hand it's the it's just feeling the shaft or anything you that's there's no words for that well, exactly. What, but what you said, what you, if somebody's saying, you know, don't forget to take it back inside or don't forget whatever, you know, or whatever you're thinking, whether it's past or, pre or future, it's not, it's your brain can't process that in the one second it takes to make the motion. Right. And there's a lot of fear attached to it. But, you know, um, you said some of the errors I wanted to... Uh, wanted to react to. And now parse? You wanted to parse it? No, it was great. Um, oh, I was telling you, so yesterday I played this match. It was an epic match. It was one of those ones that, you know, was really well fought, and it was lots of birdies and lots of back and forth. And my partner, who's a very fine player, or we both played really, really well yesterday. We made seven birdies between us. But a nice. couple of times, you know, we were in the cart, and he started saying, okay, if we can just get past this hole, and we just, I said, listen, I said, I need you to stay here with me. And he sort of smiled. I said, I'm serious. Stay in, stay in this cart with me. Let's just play this next shot. I said, I don't care what they do. And I didn't. I'll tell you, you know, of the two things, I play a lot of stroke play competition. And I'm pretty hard on myself on this show. But I will, let me just toot my horn a little bit. I'm a very good match play player. And I'll tell you why. Because for some reason, it focuses me to just that hole. And it's. I wish sometimes after I play match play, I think, man, if I could really just bring that mentality to my stroke play. And I try, you know, I mean, I'm working on it and I'm getting better. But I will tell you, I'm a tough guy in match play because I can make, because I will make the odd big number, but I make a lot of good pars and birdies. And so, and I'm very yeah. steady that way, you know, and, and, but I'm, but I said to him, I said, we need to be here. We can't, I don't care what they do, and I don't care about this next hole. We need to be in this in this moment now because that's all that matters. Yeah, you 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 were the Obi Wan Kenobi of your twosome. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It, it's for some. Oh, it's I, I don't know. Some people don't like. Some people don't like match play. I love it. Um, oh, I've, me too. I've I, always I love it. And, and, so let me ask you. 
So let me ask you, do you think part of the, so what do you think part of that difference is? Could it be that you're disassociated from, say, a, you know, score, or, you know, I'm three over by now because your attention is more, you know, we're all square and, and, you know, it, it, what do you think it is? Well, I, it's sure just it that. Matters, but I'm just well, curious. You know, it's funny because over the last couple of years, my stroke play ability is kind of caught up to my match play ability because of that. Because I'm really only focused on this shot, this hole, this moment now. But match play forces us to do that. Because whether you make a six or a seven doesn't matter. It's just if you win the hole. So it goes back to our original premise that score is all that matters. Whatever the score is in match play, if you make a six and I make a five, I win. And, and you've only lost one hole, and it doesn't matter whether we're two over or three under. I'll tell you, we, the first set, we played seven holes yesterday in this group of four guys, and then we, got, we had to stop for about 45 minutes because of the rain. But I looked at the card, and it was just circles everywhere. I think we had, between four of us, we'd already made five or six or seven birdies. It was insane. But we were all focused on that hole, that moment, now. I hit the first seven greens right. in, in regulation yesterday because I was just, all that matters is this moment. And I will say that it, it's gotten better for me in stroke play, but you're right. Most of us go, okay, now I'm even, now I'm five. Well, what, you know, we start to kind of calculate it where if, if we could be more like we are in match play where this holds all that matters now, so that's all I can take care of. Yeah, well, I, what I think about that, what I was thinking about was that it when our our focus stays on the on the shot, this hole, and, and then it's like okay, a whole new ball game next hole, right? Right. And I think what it does is it keeps it keeps us in the present, but it also it it, it takes us out of that normal realm of what's the story? How does this fit into the, the trajectory? of my golf career is today the day you know that i'm gonna finally you know <laughs> right. shoot this certain score is today reach, the day it reached nirvana and did i climb to the heights of of what i was hoping for in my life um and i think that that's so much of why we ride this emotional roller coaster is that we're you know what's the story how does this fit the arc of the story of my golf life or whatever you know is this yet another story of of uh, I tried so hard and I work so I practice so much, but yet again I have fallen on my sword, um, and I think it just takes us away from that story that we generally live in those that belief system, and that uh, this matters so much because mm-hmm. uh, so much really so much of what really when you're playing a game of golf, uh, you know I think honestly you know. If, if I'm playing along and things are going great and then it doesn't go so great, what's the story I'm going to tell in the grill room? That's right. <laughs> Afterwards, what's the story? And the story doesn't effing matter. Um, so I think that's part of what match play does is it just takes us out of that normal realm of, you know, is, you know, is today going to be the day I finally break 90, 80, whatever. And we just, we're just in it hole by hole by hole and just, See how this sucker works out. You know, and, and that's it. And it's funny because I've never, you know, I've been playing match play a long time, back dating back to the national and, and played the, the Ontario match play a bunch of times. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, and it, it just occurred to me, you know, fairly recently that what I've started to, to do in my stroke play competitions is to is to view it more like that as opposed to 
you know, as a whole, I'm getting used to the fact that people can go online and watch my scores. And yeah, I missed the cut at the mid am, but you know what? I tried my heart. I tried my best, pops. I tried my best. I have found recently that when I say recently, the last couple of years, that trying your best eliminates a lot of the anxiety around what will my score be? Because now when somebody says, oh, Howard, you know, how could you shoot 78? I know that and this being and I'll go out because I, I, I made a putt to avoid shooting 79. The other day I played a qualifier. <laughs> I played a qualifier the other day and I was even par in the front nine. I was a couple over with three holes to go and I made a triple bogey on a par three, but I made a 30 footer for six. Like, when I made the putt for the triple bogey, it was to avoid making a quadruple bogey. And I went home, and I didn't pout about it because I thought, man, you know, I tried my hardest to make that putt. I didn't go, oh, screw it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that in itself, you know, there's a a Buddhist uh, phrase, and it basically translates to awareness. And I got this from Doolin, but it's awareness is curative. Awareness of itself is curative. Oh, yeah. And I have become more aware of my typical foibles as a golfer because I went from that triple bogey to the next hole, a tough, tough par four, and made an amazing, I made a really nice four on it. And, you know, it was like, it was almost like the triple never happened. Yeah, I was disappointed and stung a little bit, but I thought, well, it doesn't mean I can't still qualify. And I, you know, I, yeah, I ended up being an alternate. You know, it was one of those things where circumstantially, the number I shot would have qualified at almost every other site. Plus, I was at a site with a lot of good players. Out of 48 guys, 21 of us shot 78 or better, which is, at the senior level, very rare. So, mm-hmm. no, rather than go, oh, woe is me, Howard, you're a bad guy, I was like, man, I know one thing. I did try on every shot, and I can be proud of that because it doesn't reflect my ability. And whether I get in or not into the tournament, I know I did did my best and I'll just move on now because in a summer and a career of playing tournament golf, I know there'll be another one. You know, I know that I know that it doesn't mean that I'm not a good player of the game anymore. I just think, okay, well, you know, golf's tough. Life's, you know, sometimes that's what happens. I would have rather made a double (laughs) than a triple, but so what? Um, before we run out of time, I just want to tell everyone that uh, maybe at one point I'll, I'll uh, relay this article, but just Google playing to play great as opposed to playing to avoid mistakes because that's a, a whole other piece when we reconvene that a lot of us don't play to play great. We play to avoid looking silly or making, you know, making mistakes, and that, that alone freezes us in our decision-making. Yeah. Who's the uh, the author of that fine piece? Um, it's uh, Jonathan Wallet, but you, you know a bunch of guys have written on that. But it's just just Google playing to play great, and the and it's a really interesting thing, and it kind of goes to a lot of what we talk about on the show, and we'll we can talk about it another time. But um, anyway, uh, another great session with you, O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Of course, if you need Coach Tim to uh, work with you one on one, and now Tim's. Uh, transitioning into uh, some of the physical aspects of the golf through the prism of the uh, Fred Shoemaker Institute of Higher Learning. And uh, <laughs> I, was, well, well said. I, think, I think you just nailed it. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I was uh, tickled to see you the other day on uh, the putting green there or chipping green, working with a really fine uh, player. And I thought, there's my boy Tim, you know, working away at his uh, craft. Very happy for you. Thanks. 
I love doing I, I'm doing more and more of that range and uh, short game work with people because uh, I really do think that golf is uh, it's 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 holistic it's certainly the the mental side for sure but but more and more I just see that golf becomes much easier when we make it a physical game and, and that's what uh, I really try and relate you know with my players is is is, is connecting with with the target out there letting your body relate to it and did you, you didn't you, if you were if you came by about 10 minutes earlier you would have seen us playing catch and actually i was running roots like a wide receiver because mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was just like throwing me the ball and, and, and i was just making the point you know I, I said do you notice that when you throw me the golf ball it gets you hit the target every every time. time exactly like, you know, like even like when you like make a cutting motion and you have to lead the receiver, if you will, mm-hmm. it arrives there per- perfect every time. And so well, if we could do that throwing a golf ball around, we could do that in golf, too. Well, the guy you were working with is also very athletic, and, a, and he's got a really, really good golf swing. I always tell him that. I go, geez, man, you're like, I don't know what his handicap is, but he sets up to the ball, much like you. He sets up to the ball. And I said this to you the other day on the phone. I said, uh, when I see you and him, Scott is his name, when I see you guys set up to the ball, you just look like you're going to hit a good shot. Like there's a certain look that good players have, and you have it. You have that look where you just look like you're athletic. You still have your bum, which I'm very jealous of. Um, <laughs> you know, and you, you, you look like – that's a 56-minute callback, by the way. If you you just you and and he and and players like that just look like you should be like what could go wrong and that's what I would leave you with. I know it's an old you know uh, you know cliche, but the see it, feel it, trust it. Even after all these years of playing, I have decided to trust the fact that I'm pretty good at this. And most of the time, and as you said, oh, I know what it was. You're not going to make a perfect swing, but you're going to make a good enough swing to propel the ball to some version of the target, not the bullseye. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, all, that's all I'd say about that. Um, humbleandfredradio.com, download the podcast, uh, still heard for, uh, a lot of people on, uh, Sirius XM. Um, we should, uh, we should, uh, organize a little, uh, maybe a humble, uh, not humble and Tim, a, uh, you know, Tim and Howard, uh, you know, late summer, early fall, uh, swing thoughts, uh, you know, golf day. We get some of the boys out, maybe a couple foursomes and play some golf. And, uh, you know, we could have, here's, yeah. we, we could do the, uh, how about this? How about the swing thoughts Ryder Cup? Team, Ooh. team golf, Ooh. team golf spiritual leader and coach Tim. How do you like that? That's a, wow. That got, your blood, that got your blood boiling a little bit. I'll put my team together. What a creative you can, man you are. You, you put your I mean, uh, team together. I got my, listen, I'm, right now, I've got I'm dibs on Tom Leonowitz. <laughs> you, I got Ronan. I was going to say, you, you, you can have Ronan, and we'll toss for Brad Chalette. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but we should oh, do that. Good. We got uh, Rudra and uh, and oh yeah, Yorgi. What's his name? Yorg, uh, Jurgen, <laughs> Yorgi. Jurgen. I got I, I got dibs on Bondi. No, you can have Bondi. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'll take. I'll tell you, you can I have Bondi and, Ron, and Ronan. I'll you. take Rudra and Leonowitz. <laughs> 
Um, O'ConnorGolf.ca, HumbleandFredRadio.com. And, of course, uh, our sponsors, and, you know, we really do appreciate Adidas. And it's not just because we got free stuff. They really have been great with us. Tour 360, 2.0, AditasGolf.ca. And, listen, you know, Tiger's using it. Uh, John Rom. Dustin and uh, Rory, they're all, you know, everyone's using these tailor-made drivers for a reason. Yesterday, how many times has this happened to you? Yesterday, everyone in the foursome has got a tailor-made driver. Even if they're playing other clubs, I almost, it's weird how many times, especially at the tournament level, everyone I'm playing with has got a tailor-made driver. And they're doing it for a reason because it really is a good one. Yeah, so anecdotally, uh, I observe, yeah, number one driver in golf. Yeah, I would say yes. Yes, yes <laughs> just, exactly. Just, anecdotally, just from what I observe. So yeah, this afternoon, I'm putting my new 790s into action and my new M3 driver. I am jazzed. So we'll we'll uh, next week we we may be able to get uh, one of the uh, the tailor made Canada uh, um, head honchos on, and yeah, uh, we'll talk about uh, what's going on in that world and uh, and how it can help. Uh, are good listeners. Well, I'll tell you, you know, people, you know, a lot of companies claim, oh, they'll give you 10 more yards or eight more yards. But I will say this, and you can, I'd love to hear what you have to say after you've used them because there's a few times around with my 790s where I go, I'm going to see, it's almost like there's this weird gear in it because once in a while I'll hit it so much further than I think I was going to. I'm like, what just happened? It's just... (laughs) It's so weird. It's like, you know, you hit this, there's a sweet spot, and there's like the really sweet spot, because I've hit some iron shots this year with them that were like, wow. And, you know, and again, I'm swinging it pretty hard, but I'll just say this. You're going to enjoy them, and if you haven't got them or you've heard people say about them, we couldn't recommend them more. All right, Mr. O'Connor, another fine episode of this program. Always a pleasure to be with you. Lovely to talk to you. Golf. I really enjoyed this experience. Is a hard game. Just know it. Hang on a second, Timmy. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. But meantime, sound of the river. You're stopping your hole.